Morning prayer begins on page three. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. For the Vanity, Psalm 95, on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved at this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 143 on page 518. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and consider my desire. Hearken unto me for thy truth and righteousness' sake. And enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul, he hath smitten my life down to the ground. He hath laid me in the darkness as men that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit vexed within me, and my heart within me is desolate. Yet do I remember the time past, I muse upon all thy works. Yea, I exercise myself in the works of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee, my soul gaspeth unto thee as a thirsty land. Hear me, O Lord, in that soon for my spirit waxeth faint. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them to go down into the pit. O let me hear thy loving kindness betimes in the morning, for in thee is my trust. Show thou me the way that I should walk in, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies, for I flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do the thing that pleaseth thee, for thou art my God. Let thy loving spirit lead me forth into the land of righteousness. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, and for thy righteousness' sake bring my soul out of trouble. And of thy goodness slay mine enemies, and destroy all them that vex my soul, for I am thy servant. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. It begins the ninth chapter of the second book of Kings. 
And Elisha the prophet called one of the sons of the prophets and said to him, Get yourself ready, take this flask of oil in your hand, and go to Ramoth Gilead. Now when you arrive at that place, look there for Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, and go in and make him rise up from among his associates and take him to an inner room. Then take the flask of oil and pour it on his head and say, Thus says the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. Then open the door and flee and do not delay. So the young man, the servant of the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead. And when he arrived, there were the captains of the army sitting. And he said, I have a message for you, commander. Jehu said, for which one of us? And he said, for you, commander. Then he arose and went into the house, and he poured the oil on his head and said to him, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed you king over the people of the Strike down the house of Ahab your master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab all the males in Israel, both bond and free. So I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Baasha, the son of Ahijah. The dog shall eat Jezebel on the plot of ground at Jezreel, and there shall be none to bury her. And he opened the door and fled. Then Jehu came out to the servants of his master, and one said to him, Is all well? Why did this madman come to you? And he said to them, you know the man and his babble. And they said, A lie, tell us now. So he said, Thus and thus he spoke to me, saying, Thus says the Lord, I have anointed you, king. Then each man hastened to take his garment and put it under him on the top of the steps. And they blew trumpets, saying, Jehu is king. So Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Now Joram had been defending Ramoth Gilead, he and all Israel, against Hazael, king of Syria. But King Joram had returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds which the Syrians had inflicted on him when he fought with Hazael, king of Syria. And Jehu said, If you are so minded, let no one leave or escape from the city to go and tell it to Jezreel. So Jehu rode in a chariot and went to Jezreel, for Joram was laid up there, and Ahaziah, king of Judah, had come down to see Joram. Now a watchman stood on the tower in Jezreel, and he saw the company of Jehu as he came and said, I see a company of men. And Joram said, Get a horseman and send him out to meet them, and let him say, Is it peace? So the horseman went to meet him and said, Thus says the king, Is it peace? And Jehu said, What have you to do with peace? Turn around and follow me. So the watchman reported, saying, The messenger went to them, but is not coming back. Then he sent out a second horseman, who came to them and said, Thus says the king, Is it peace? And Jehu answered, What have you to do with peace? Turn around and follow me. So the watchman reported, saying, He went up to them, and is not coming back. And the driving is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshi, for he drives furiously. Daddy, king of Israel, and Ahaziah, king of Judah, went out, each in his chariot. And they went out to meet Jehu and met him on the property of Naboth, the Jezreelite. Now it happened when Joram saw Jehu that he said, Is it peace, Jehu? 
So he answered, What peace, as long as the harlotries of your mother Jezebel and her witchcraft are so many? Then Joram turned around and fled and said to Ahaziah, Treachery, Ahaziah. Now Jehu drew his bow with full strength and shot Jehoram between his arms. And the arrow came out at his heart, and he sank down in his chariot. Then Jehu said to Bidgar, his captain, Pick him up and throw him into the track of the field of Naboth the Jezreelite. For remember when you and I were riding together behind Ahab his father, that the Lord laid this burden upon him. Surely I saw yesterday the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons, says the Lord, and I will repay you in this plot, says the Lord. Now therefore take and throw him on the plot of ground according to the word of the Lord. But when Ahaziah king of Judah saw this, he fled by the road to Beth Hagen. So Jehu pursued him and said, Shoot him also in the chariot. And they shot him at the ascent of Gur, which is by Ablim. Then he fled to Megiddo and died there, and his servants him in his fathers in the city of David. In the eleventh year of Joram, the son of Ahab, Ahaziah, had become king over Judah. Now when Jehu had come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she put paint on her eyes and adorned her head and looked through a window. Then as Jehu entered at the gate, she said, Is it peace, Zimri, murderer of your master? And he looked up at the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? So two or three eunuchs looked out at him. Then he said, Throw her down. So they threw her down, and some of her blood spattered on the wall and on the horses, and he'd gone and drank. Then he said, Go now, see to this accursed woman, and bury her, for she was a king's daughter. So they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. Therefore they came back and told him. And he said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spoke by his servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, On the plot of ground at Jezreel dogs shall eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the corpse of Jezebel shall be as refuse on the surface of the field in the plot at Jezreel, so that they... Here ends the first lesson. Gather Benedictus S on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Begins the sixth chapter of the first epistle to Timothy. Let as many bondservants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. And those who have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them because those who are benefited are believers and beloved. Teach and exhort these things. 
If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such withdraw yourself. Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many Flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Here ends the second lesson. The Shorter Form of Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty, judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Almighty and most merciful God, of thy bountiful goodness keep us, we beseech thee, from all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready both in body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish those things which thou commandest through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, 
who hast safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all. We have in our Old Testament lesson today the sort of judgment scene. We've been told um, for a long time how wicked the house of Ahab was, and there were certain interim kinds of things that happened. Elijah, when he killed the prophets of Baal, uh, but now we're having at the hand of Jehu the wiping out of the house of Ahab and also this Baal cult, this Tyrian, this Baal cult that came from Tyre with Jezebel. Uh, and it, it shows that, um, you know, it's a type of the, of God's judgment. He cometh, he cometh to judge the earth. God has, you know, sometimes things go on for a while. We wonder what's, what's going on. And then sometimes, all of a sudden, something happens. That which seemed to have prospered, that which seemed to be triumphing over the good, uh, there's the day it comes when 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 God's uh, vengeance comes and it's it's you know it, justice is done. We should notice with Jehu, however, that he's though God's justice is ex, is um, carried out through him, he himself is not entirely uh, just. He sometimes zealously goes. Uh, beyond the 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 um you know the strict measure of justice and it will also be told that he does not get rid of the sins of jeroboam which are the the, the idols at dan and bethel which eventually will be the undoing of the northern kingdom um and we are just to, to note historically here in this point in kings we're, we're about the mid 800s that's the the reign of, of of jehu and the northern kingdom of israel therefore has about another hundred years, we'll read through this history, uh, because it will be destroyed by the Assyrians in 722 BC as it, as it never frees itself from this idolatry which will lead it to judgment. So we have a type of judgment today. We also have the, this sort of Western movie scene where Jehu drives into town and, you know, and has people, uh, when he says, who's on my side, it's like, I think, oh, like, we're all on your side, you know, because they're all, everyone's got to be afraid of that guy. But then they throw Jezebel down, he kind of goes into the saloon and has a few beers, and, and then kind of comes back out, and, and, and she's gone, according to the word. So he, Jay was a guy he didn't really want to mess with too much. We, we carry over to the New Testament, we can find a connection in that, um, all of the instructions given by Paul to Timothy have in mind uh, a community of people who are looking towards the coming of Christ, who are looking for their, their vindication and justification in Christ and not in the world. And this is the way we order ourselves as Christians, as a community in the world, is, is not, not to find the way to get always justice in time, but to have behavior that shows that we belong to Christ as a witness in the world as we wait for Christ to come not only at the end of time, but also in his interim judgments. <clears throat> and this is what you know, some people are, are consternated by the um, instructions that bond servants uh, should count their masters worthy of honor. <clears throat> but for St. Paul, the, the value is always the kingdom of God. And so the, the, the bond servant, the, the slave here is bearing witness for Christ, a slave uprising and rebellion, and you know maybe overthrow a couple of wicked masters and 
and have a temporal victory, but but where's the gospel in that? Where's the testimony of something larger than the temporal order? Because the reality is that there there is no complete justice in this world. And when we overthrow one unjust thing, we'll get another one. And there's always a balance in this conversation between how we address injustice in truth and righteousness at the same time while we don't take it into our own hands and while we're living in the midst of it, we are are still maintaining that behavior which bears witness to Christ. And we are ourselves remain what the New Testament would call blameless without reproach because we want to be justified at the judgment we're waiting for. Thing about ethical exhortations are about um, orienting life towards the kingdom and not and we need justice in time where we're, we, we begin to get drawn into the world's ethics and we we begin to do the things the world does which is to do bad in order the good may come we we, we cut corners and and because uh, we want something temporal uh, more than we want the eternal and so you know there's a balance again here between speaking <clears throat> the truth about what is just in the world and not being afraid to say this is wrong <clears throat> but also being unwilling to do anything wrong ourselves in order to promote what we see as good and this is sort of tied into this this statement uh, the love of money is the root. The New King James kind of fudges it with all kinds of evil, but that's not in the Greek. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Love of money was says being the root of all evil. It is the love of gain, or we can expand that out. If we need anything in this world, money, something we want, we, we set our desire upon more than we want God, eventually that will lead us into some form of thing that will justify to get something temporally rather than just serving God. And this is why um, the purification of our motives always involves letting go of things. It's not because the things are bad in and of themselves. When we love them more than God, we, we will eventually pursue them at the expense of God. And that's why the Christian life involves a kind of continual surrender of attachment to the world. And also, when we have things in the world, we hold them loosely. We enjoy the good things as sacraments of God's goodness. And the balance between enjoying them as sacraments of God's goodness with thanksgiving and then really grasping them as idols is something we continue to work on in the spiritual life by our disciplines like tithing, like fasting, where we learn to say no, we learn to honor God and, and stay dispossessed and detached from um, idolatry in the world as we look for the, for the vindication that we now have in Christ that will be revealed at the last day. So a few thoughts about today's lessons. Continue with a prayer for all conditions of men on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially, we pray, for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate.
that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we then unworthy servants to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. <clears throat> Good to be with you all in prayer today. Have a great start to the weekend. Thank you, Bishop Scarlett. Thank Bye, you, kiddo. Bishop. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Well, I'm dry furiously like Jehu.